previously on the Q&A podcast. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, how are we to interact with those who seem to be vehemently disagreeing? Vehemently? 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 How can I not say this? How are we to interact with those who seem to vehemently? Vehemently. 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 There we go. There we go. Maybe disagree with our Christian worldview. All All right. You you say, ask this question. All right. Audience, here's how it goes. All right. (laughs) Here's the question for tomorrow, audience. How are we to interact with those who seem to vehemently disagree with our Christian worldview? I think you just got to say it fast. Vietnamely. (laughs) Vietnamely. This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. We've got a question that's been submitted today that is difficult for me to say for some reason. Here's (laughs) the question. How are we to interact with those who seem to vehemently disagree with our Christian worldview? It's so good, Tim. I tried. I tried. I've been practicing. Vehemently. Vehemently. Yeah. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. All right, great. You're amazing. Um, I know what it means. I just can't (laughs) say it. Oh, goodness. So Jesus, I think Jesus gives us a really good paradigm for this. Uh, the See, we're, we're tempted to respond emotion for emotion. Oh, yeah. And that really doesn't do That doesn't good. work. So here's what Jesus, I think, knew. When somebody is angry or trying to catch you up, no amount of dialogue is going to work. So every time the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and, and the religious leaders try to trap Jesus, what does he do? He asks them a question that's inane. Uh, he asked them a question with a question. Like, why are you doing this, Jesus? And he knows he can't give a right answer. So he just responds with a question and then walks away. Mm -hmm. And I think he's just really, really smart in his approach. And what's interesting is sometimes we think that Jesus got all rebukey. Jesus rebuked one group of people and only one group of people with passion. Religious leaders who were leading people astray from the gospel. Right. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, people who they may have even have had some right doctrine, but when it came to their view of being made right with God, it was all about law and works, and they were leading people astray. So when when Jesus rebukes people who are leading people astray in the name of God, everybody else, he doesn't rebuke them. He's really no, patient. Not at all. He's really sensitive with them. And uh, I mean, Facebook is the place where you see so much of this happening. Oh my goodness, yes. I- I'm actually astounded at uh, the venom of some Christians to the world. Uh, it's just amazing to me. But when 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 things are heated and emotional, I think there's a, a passage of scripture that James kind of hits it on the head. The anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness that God That's a great, desires. Great passage. It works like everywhere. It's like, do you want your wife to change? Well, then don't be angry. Because yeah, that's be angry not actually going to make her change. You know, like, do you want your husband to change? Well, don't be angry. Do you want your kids to change? Well, your anger isn't going to do it. Well, do you want a non-believer to trust in Jesus? Answer yes. Mm-hmm. Well, your anger isn't going to do it. It's just that simple. I mean, we say this all the time. Like, when's the last time someone's changed their mind because they've been berated? Like, that doesn't, right. It doesn't happen. Like, logically. Like, oh, you're ugly. I agree with you now. Thanks for calling me ugly. <laughs> so... How do you interact with them? Um, I think you interact with them in a couple ways. You need to be wise as serpents. 
you need to be so smart about what bombs you drop in different places. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're with um, liberal social elites, you don't start talking about gay marriage and gender. Okay, like like that's not going to go well for you. Somebody comes to you and they vehemently disagree, but they with humility really want to know why you believe what you believe. That might be a safe discussion. But as soon as they start to get angry, you just say, you know what? I, I love you. And this is not a place where I, I want, this is not the main thing now, but that's not the question. The question is for those who vehemently disagree. I, my posture is I don't engage them. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to try to accomplish? Nothing. You know, I mean, really? Yep. I try to disarm them, right? That is something I will try to do. So for example, uh, but the, the problem is it's hard to disarm without being a little bit sassy. Mm -hmm. So I have to really control my attitude. So let's say, Tim, you're all like, I can't believe you believe that. <laughs> and I, I would say to them, I said, I would say something like, you know, I appreciate like how strongly you feel about that. When you feel like you really want to hear what I'm saying, uh, I'd love to talk with you, but I, I'm not interested in fighting with you. I'm not interested in this coming between us. Um, wherever you stand, whatever you believe on any of these issues, I love you and our friendship isn't at risk. Um, disarms people. You yeah, know? It does. Or um, somebody will be really angry about something I believe and I'll just say, hey, you know, are you tolerant? Because I prefer to speak to people who are open to different ideas. If you're not, like this isn't, there's yeah. no reason for me to talk. Or another one would be, um, bro, I wish that I, that I could agree with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I think doesn't matter. I can tell you what the Bible says. So sure. I just, I divert attention from myself to the Bible. I can tell him, I can say, you know what I think is irrelevant. What do you think about gay marriage? It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. I think. I can tell you what historically the church has understood the Bible to say on this and what specific texts say. If you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at God, right? Um, I personally have committed my life to obeying and believing the teachings of scripture, but preference wise, I would rather believe things that are easy. <laughs> you know, there are a little like tactics that you can try to use to disarm people. Um, but by and large, they they don't work. And um, sometimes, sometimes it sets up conversations for later, but there's no use in talking to people who vehemently disagree with the Christian worldview. Now, if they kindly disagree with it and they want to be in a discussion, I'll talk with anybody all day long. Um, the One of the ongoing challenges of the opposing worldview to the Christian worldview is that it's framed like this. If you don't agree with me, you're a bigot. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for the discussion. Oh, yeah, that, no, you know, yeah, like, no, drop, interesting because I don't have any mic, issues. Like I, I, I like gay people and black people. So like, I mean, does that mean I'm a bigot now because I don't agree with you? So mm -hmm. wait, when somebody doesn't agree with you, they're a racist. Got it. Good. Okay. okay. So that's the kind of diet. Like that doesn't even work. It's, it's, it's so insane. It doesn't mm -hmm. even work. What's weird to me is that somehow this line of discussion makes sense to people. There's some people it does. And it makes sense in a vacuum when you don't actually have to look them in the face. But when you have to look at your mom or your dad or your brother or your best friend and say, you're a bigot. Oh, really? And all humanity have been bigots for the last, like, I don't know, 6,000 years. Fine. <laughs> so, you know, there are these things, but we got to understand that part of, part of what we're walking into more and more and more is that whatever perspective you take, you are already framed. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's profound. Um, Fathers and sons at the village church. This has been an interesting dynamic. Um, a, hand, a small handful of guys have sons who are um, homosexuals. And the sons have said to them, if you don't accept me and approve of my lifestyle, our relationship is over because you reject me. Yeah, it kind of draws a line in the right. sand pretty deep. Right. And so the dads have said, um, I love you no matter what. And for me, my love for you is not about agreement. Mm -hmm. So I don't need you to agree with me 
for me to love you. Right. Can, can I say the same thing about you, son? And the son will always say, until you accept this and agree with it, our relationship is over. This has happened multiple times. And it's interesting that the son demands agreement, but the father doesn't. Mm -hmm. And this is so much that this is a, a great illustration of the difference between the Christian worldview and the increasing secular worldview. The Christian worldview says, I appreciate disagreement. Mm -hmm. and my love for you is based on your value before God. Um, that That's it. And the liberal says, my love for you is contingent on agreement, conform or and, be ostracized and, and humiliated. Yeah. Not only do you have to agree with me, you have to accept me yep. and you have to value what I think and how I act. Yep. And if you don't agree with me, says the liberal, I will move heaven and earth and society and culture to shame you. Just shame you. Yeah. To, to you know, me, that is, call. that is, um, un, it's unthinkable and immoral, but it is now so normal that it doesn't feel unethical. Yeah. It has been so modeled by the pop culture elites that the minions on Facebook throughout the world are just basically repeating verbatim without even questioning the ethical or logical or respectful nature of what's being said. Not even considering also, by the way, that some of these liberal ideas are brand new to civilization. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. did all of humanity miss this? Were we all <laughs> oppressive and patriarchal and all just terrible all the time? Well, apparently that is the, that's the narrative being formed. So yeah, one walk of the, away. That would yeah, one of the biblical examples we can go to is Acts 24. In Acts 24, Paul is taken before uh, Festus. And and in when he's taken before Festus, he's being framed. <laughs> is that annoying? <laughs> Keep going, sorry. <laughs> Paul is going before Festus. He's being framed. This yeah. is a good point. I don't want yeah, to run yeah. this. And I just noticed as I was drinking my drink that it was... <laughs> Making noise. All right. Well, Paul is taken before Festus and he's being framed for sharing the gospel. So clearly there is a hostility towards Paul in the gospel and they're buttering Festus all up and Paul has to make a defense. And the way in which Paul responds is not tit for tat. It's not in anger, even though they are angrily trying to get Paul uh, incited to, you know, make some uh, a crazy uh, response. Paul doesn't do that. Yep. You know, he responds in kind and he says, hey, let me tell you my story. And I think, you know, to answer the, the listener's question, the one that submitted the question, the best way to respond for those that disagree with our worldview is say, you know what? We may disagree. You have your story. Let me share with you my story. Mm. If we really value each other's stories, if we really want to listen to each other, you've got a story. I've got a story. Let's just listen to each other's story. And it's pretty hard to disagree with that if you start there. But, you know, it's getting like what we we're talking about a little bit earlier. Yep. When you have the person say, you know what, you got to hear my story, but I'm not going to listen to yours. Yep. Well, then I, you know what? Then I there's have, nothing for me to say. I have no issue looking at somebody in that context and saying, it is clear to me that our relationship is about me agreeing with you. Yeah. And that's all. So I'll look at somebody and say, hey, I thought we were friends. And we are clearly not. Mm -hmm. And I can't I can't be in a relationship with somebody who says, conform to me or be shamed. Yeah. I just can't do it. Like that's not I can't be where I'm not. You can't force me to be there. I am where I am. You can either love me where I'm at. Maybe you want to see me go through a process to the point where I agree with you. But what if I never do? Can you love me in process? Can mm -hmm. you love me, you know? 
And uh, unfortunately, in the liberal community, the answer is increasingly no. No, no. And I, I, I don't want to hear your story. I don't want to hear anything that you have that will, will that I disagree with. Yep. So don't tell me. I'm hoping the Gen Z, this next generation, um, is not as vilely um, illogical as the millennial generation. Mm. Um, I'm really hoping that they look at the the millennial generation and their worldview and say, not productive. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the millennials are enormous amount of people <laughs> with <laughs> a lot are. of influence. Mm-hmm. So they that are. is that is what it is. But so I, you know, again, Acts, it's Acts 24, right, with Paul. Acts 24. And, and uh, I think that's a great. It's just great to watch how he does not respond to for tat, like you said. He mm-hmm. doesn't respond emotion for emotion. Um, but there, Paul's used to this. Yeah. He's used to being cornered, and sometimes he wins, and sometimes he loses, and sometimes he gets beat, sometimes he runs away, sometimes people come to Christ, and and that's part of the nature. But if you are living with somebody who vehemently disagrees with you, you're in good company with all the apostles, that's with right. Jesus, with the historic church, and by the way, with like hundreds of thousands of people last year who that's died right. um, in the Middle East um, for being a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is part of the reality of following Jesus in many, many parts of the world. Well, listeners, thank you once again for letting us share with you today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, what do I do if our 13-year-old does not want to go to his youth group anymore? This is what my kids make fun of me. Dad, say it. Say Vietnam. I can say Vietnam. Say Vietnamese. <laughs> I can't you say didn't it. Even, you didn't even say it right. I didn't, can't say it right. No, I can't say it. How do you actually say it? V- Vietnamese. 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 You just got to say it fast. Vietnamese. Vietnamese. See, I can't say it. Yeah. Pray for you. I got great. Vietnamese. <laughs> Vietnamese. <laughs> Viet- <laughs> <laughs> say it tomorrow. <laughs>